The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access. Your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. Hey, virtually feels like football. The virtual offseason getting underway as the Bears are one of a dozen teams to get rolling today with their players. And then the NFL had their virtual mock draft as they ironed out some uh, kinks, I guess. And hopefully no technical problems when it starts on Thursday night, first round of the NFL draft. Good evening, everybody. I'm Jeff Joniak, along with my broadcast partner from WBBM, Mr. Tom Thayer, the Super Bowl Bear and former Bears quarterback, Jim Miller from NFL Radio, Sirius XM's Moving the Chains with Pat Kerwin. As we get you set on draft week, we come to you tonight on a Monday night with the draft preparations getting underway. How's everybody doing? Doing good. You know, starting to talk to some people around the league that have draft experiences unlike any other. So I went to look to talk to some older guys and talked about their draft day experience. But I was questioning them about you know, what led them up to the draft? Because I think there's a lot of uncertainty in the minds of the college kids that are about to be drafted because, really, they don't know what's going to take place. Majority of these guys, just like Jim and I, probably watched the last five drafts in anticipation of us getting drafted ourselves. So with a new era of drafting coming in, I think the anticipation of how it's all going to look is interesting is is as interesting to some people that have been drafted before that you know that we're going to see for the first time so you're talking about you you talk to ex-players or scouts in the business no ex-players older players more my generation players because again i i keep referring to it because this is the draft that we lived through during our time so it's not really that big of a deal to a, a generation but then when they got to the modern era of drafting and the, the one big combine at Indianapolis, multiple visits to their pro team, just the exhaustive research that they did behind the scene and through scouting, it's a different ball game today than it used to be. But it's kind of fun that we're going back to what it used to be. Yeah, but Jim, yeah, but Jim, uh, Jim Miller, good evening. Uh, Jim, nothing about this is normal or in the past because of the uh, television aspect of it and what's going to happen and what's going to be unfolding in the virtual reality as you take the athlete out of it and you put on the show. The show is vastly different. Yeah, there's no doubt. It's going to be a, a different type of draft. And, you know, had some good conversations, obviously, last week on Bears All Access of, you know, how virtually they're they're going to do it. And they are. They're going to do some interesting things that will probably be incorporated for future drafts uh, to come. You know, I think a lot of people are learning about different ways to communicate, different ways to adapt, different ways to adjust. And that's what football is. Football is that way pretty much on a weekly basis, uh, how you've got to adjust against your opponent that you're facing that week. And I think the NFL is doing a good job of that, how they're going to adjust, how they're going to incorporate new technologies in order to pull off uh, this virtual draft. One thing I think what Tom's uh, going off of is you look at past drafts and how um, evaluators accumulated data, it's going to be interesting for each team, all 32, how they draft in this year's draft because you're going to find out how good some scouting programs are around the NFL. 
there are going to be teams that are going to be exposed. I've talked to a, a numerous uh, uh, GMs that here, because you have no pro days where scouts historically will go out and they're with each other at a lot of these pro days, and they're sometimes exchanging information, grabbing tidbits from, from one another about a prospect. That's not the case this year. So well, draft even the NFL owners meeting that that was a big that was a absolutely so <laughs> a now you you as you yeah you as a GM now you are counting on that scouting staff and your pro player player pro player personnel and everybody in that building and you are going to witness there are teams that are stronger than others in this capacity and don't be shocked if after this draft you're going to see a lot of scouts fired around the National Football League. In, really, in you opinion. make that you make that kind of opinion, you, you Jim. You can't evaluate a draft until three years from now. No, I, I'm saying with selections, with where guys huh. are rated and things like that. Look at last year's draft class. I mean, yes, we say you graded over three years, right? Because you're going to decide about the fifth-year right. option, right? But look at the impact of players. There are teams like the 49ers. Jeff, pretty much all their draft played last year, players that were drafted. Look at the Oakland Raiders draft. That was a foundational draft by Mike Mayock. They had fourth-round draft pick. Collect 10 sacks last year. Yeah. Mad Max Crosby. So, yes, you will be able to show how, how the impact of your draft class. And that's why I do think it's, it's beneficial to have less, less picks. I think a team like Miami, Miami, they traded away all their great players. Now that they not only have to replace those with starters, they got to replace them with players that are better. I would hate to have more picks this year. There will be teams that will be exposed in this year's draft. you think and um, Tua's status would be different if the teams that were seriously interested in drafting him had a hands-on evaluation? Do you think that he would rise in some books and fall off of some others? Yeah, I do. I, I think that's a big part of it. Is there a lot of teams' own medical doctors haven't been able to get a hold of him? Or say you personally, say as a, as a GM – say if you're Chris Greer of the Miami Dolphins, I would personally want to go put him through my own workout with my coaching staff, meaning Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator. Chan, put him through a workout of what you need to see him to be able to do for our football team. You know, because, hey, let me I, interrupt you. Yeah. What, so put yourself in, in that guy's shoes. As the coach, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback coach, what do you – if you had to put Tua through a workout right this minute, you're going to go out here at 6.08 Central Time and put him in a workout, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with him to prove that he's healthy and good enough to go? Well, one, I want to test his endurance, right? Everybody says his hip's good. He says himself he's 100%. I may put him through an hour workout, Jeff. I want to see if that, as that workout goes along, after about 50 drops, if he's getting fatigued. Is there a hitch in his gait? Is his hip starting to get sore? I want to see him rotate and how he throws a football with that hip. I'm going to make the most difficult throws to make it, to force his hip to rotate, to put him through, and then see where he's at after the workout. You know, maybe there is a little hitch in his giddy up as that workout goes along, and I stress him out more and more as that workout goes on. There's a lot of information that can be gained just putting a player through a workout. So, you know, yeah, if your medical you staff that almost will, right now, wouldn't you almost expect that with him right now? Because it's, you know, why would I expect not, it? He said he's 100 percent. Yeah, that's true. Right. Well, both he and know, his doctor say he's 100 percent. So I'll, I'm about to prove it. <laughs> so that's all I'm doing. <laughs> I'm getting information. Well, all right. So, so, all right, so let's 
put Tua in the rearview mirror. What team in the first round is the most dangerous with multiple picks that could confuse the draft the most? Is it the Miami Dolphins? Is there a team out there that could really throw a, 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 you know, a, a wrench in this whole operation that because, um, because of the multiple picks, you know, maybe they're looked at as a little bit of a danger? Yeah. Well, well Miami – you got Miami 5, 18, and 26, and 14 picks overall. You got the 49ers reportedly shopping their 13 and 31. But, Jim, in these situations, you look for the teams that have ammunition to move up into the first round to go and snag somebody and run away with them. I mean, you've seen it over the years with multiple teams, Patriots, Chiefs, uh, yeah. other teams that have done. Is that, is that what Tom's referring to? Yeah, I, I, yeah, you've got teams that have ammo. There's no doubt about it. I think 49ers, it is reported that they want to trade out of the first round. Again, go look at their last year's draft and the impact of players. They had a lot of picks, and they had an impactful draft last year. And it sounds like because their earlier picks, they want to hover in the second to third round, it sounds like, for the 49ers, where they feel there's still first-round value, which is historically the, the case in the NFL. When you're hovering in that, and you can get more picks, so you're getting technically more first-round picks uh, for that. Say if uh, say if Forty uh, ers are able to trade their two first-round picks and accumulate, you know, say seven second to, to third-round picks, they equate it to we're getting seven first-round draft picks. Is the world they're living in? Okay, so yeah, I think there's going to be teams that are moving. Um, I, I think there are teams that have the ammo that you mentioned. Miami can pretty much do plenty uh, that they want with the ammo that they have, but they may not want to because they have so many holes to fill. I would think, you know, for them, they would not be trading up to to lose more picks. They need everything, and they have to replace players that they lost. As I mentioned, they traded away a Pro Bowl left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. They traded away Minka Fitzpatrick, who's all pro. That guy's an all pro safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why did the Steelers know how to use uh, Mika Fitzpatrick and not the Miami Dolphins? They just traded right. away two all-pro players, which is, if I, I would be unnerved if I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. So, you know, but, you know, you look at Miami and, and Tom, just getting back to your question about Tua, you can probably justify if Tua falls, say if he's in the teens or maybe does fall to the 20s and a team takes him, they just say, hey, you know, everybody else was concerned about the medical. We we like the value of where where we're taking Tua right now. And that could be the case. That way you can justify it not only for the pick but to the public why the pit player continued to fall. But Nelly thought it was value to take a quarterback who's coming off an injury history. Jim Miller, Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. A lot more coming up on tonight's program, including a visit from the NFL's Vice President of Community Relations, Alexia Gallagher, at the bottom of the hour, and our old pal, Andrew Siciliano, who uh, once worked in this very town uh, and worked for me, as a matter of fact. We'll have some talk about uh, The Last Dance and his coverage of MJ back in those days. I've seen pictures of him. Tom, I've seen him. He's, he posts pictures of his uh, Bulls days. And then, of course, from NFL Network, so getting ready for the draft himself. It's all coming up as we break down things, heading into Thursday night start of the NFL draft here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy and Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, 
Tom Thayer, Jim Miller with you as we break down the NFL draft coming up this week and be joined by NFL Vice President of Community Relations, Alexia Gallagher at the bottom of the hour, Andrew Siciliano from NFL Network to join us later on in the program as well. Um, news of the day, guys. Uh, one, uh, nice job by Khalil Mack. Uh, Khalil Mack donating $350,000 to the emergency relief fund of a better Chicago, a Nonprofit providing critical support to vulnerable communities during the COVID-19 pandemic. Another example, in addition to the $1.9 million the Bears are contributing in individual players, things we probably don't even know about, but around the league, fellas, every team and, and big-name stars are, are digging deep to help out. You know, I, I think when you have a guy like Khalil Mack, and they, I think all the other players on the under team, they understand how much money he made, the bonus he got, what he's going to make in the future. But it's a super, super generous, um, you know, thing that Khalil Mack did. And I think it also inspires the rest of the guys on the team. And, you know, take stock of what you have. Take stock of what you have the good fortunes to be able to donate to these people, to these frontliners, to these people that need any type of help and support from every avenue they get. Because, when these people, they they hear the name that has been supportive and a guy like Khalil Mack, it, it doesn't expand his brand. It just grows the appreciation they have for his generosity. And so, yeah, you hear of a salary, but then you hear how generous he is. You know, uh, I, I, really, I really applaud these guys that are going above and beyond uh, to how they're trying to support the less fortunate around the country. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I mean, I guy, players I mean, continue guy to step up all around the league. And obviously league. with the fundraising that's going to happen during the draft, we know about that uh, for COVID-19. And uh, I do, I think players all across the league from all 32 cities have stepped up in just tremendous ways. And the, the league, I think from ownership to players to how the league is going to have the, this fuss fundraiser, it's unprecedented, man. It, it really is to help out uh, your fellow man. So kudos to all those players, all the organizations out there who continue to do just tremendous things. They always have, and they always will. The NFL has always uh, been that way. But, man, this has really been an eye-opener how big uh, the, what should I say, the support, the generosity, and everything that is done to, to help out everybody in their community is truly tremendous. And today, uh, five years ago today, Doug Buffon, uh, number 55, great Chicago Bear and a popular radio host uh, right here on 670 The Score. Uh, one of the nicest human beings, one of the, the best and underrated linebackers. And a guy, right, Tom, he just makes you laugh. Uh, everybody misses Doug Buffon, boys. Yes, that's true. You know, it's, it's interesting because you hear people that have passed on and you eat, immediately have an expression to your face. And for some reason, when I talk to people about Doug Buffon, I always smile first because I have a couple of jokes in my head that I used to listen to Doug <laughs> tell on the air. And yeah. they make me, they still make me laugh. I still tell the jokes, but I also have a great appreciation for the man that Doug Buffon was. He was a great football player. I hear stories of Doug Buffon throughout his career from Clyde Emmerich, who was the strength coach at the time, and he tells you stories of an admiration and appreciation for Doug Buffon. But it's, it is interesting to, you know, when you hear a, a person from the past, and the, what is your expression as soon as their name comes up? And when I hear the name of Doug Buffon, it's always a smile because 
he makes me laugh when I when I think about him. Yeah, that that's the funny thing, Tom. I I remember we, after all the TV shows after the Bears games, I'd, we'd do the post game, and I'd hop in my truck, and I'm driving back to Michigan, and I'd turn on Big Ed Obradovich and Doug Buffon, and I'd be driving home listening to those two guys, and I it always strikes me I'm thinking about Grump the movie Grumpy Old Men with Walter Matthau <laughs> and and uh, Jack Lemon, and those two were the two funniest guys I have ever heard, and just how they broke down the game and saw football and, hey, we need tough guys, and they did. They always made you laugh, and, uh, you know, God bless Doug Buffon because he, he was truly hilarious. Now, I'll never forget the one. I, I was driving home, and he brings up the show Ancient Aliens. He's like, you know, I'm really getting caught on the show Ancient Aliens. I'm really beginning to rethink how uh, we are here on this <laughs> earth, and it was just off on a tangent from nowhere. I'm like, this guy is unbelievable. And so didn't know him personally, but, boy, he truly bought, brought a lot of joy in my life. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, pure pure passion from both those guys. Uh, we didn't get a chance. So this happened after our show last Thursday, but uh, the Trey Burton, uh, it looks like, was a failed physical designation and his release from the Bears. Thoughts on uh, moving on from Trey Burton after just two seasons? I'm, I'm disappointed, you know, because I kind of, I don't know, I probably led myself to believe that he was on the mend and that he was going to be a contributor. And I had visions of New England with two big tight ends when they signed Jimmy Graham and they had Trey Burton and then, the, you know, the possibility of development of inside tight end help. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate for Trey because he's a guy that had uh, success in Philly, and he was in a long line of great tight ends there, came here to be an intricate part of this offense at the U tight end position, never was able to uh, accomplish. You know, in 2018, he played 80% of the snaps. In 2019, he played 26% of the snaps. So you think about a coach that goes to the drawing board. Okay, 80% of the snaps, Trey Burton. Let's design our game plan against these teams with a high inclusion of Trey Burton in the passing game. Then you go to the actual game, and he's not in the lineup. It's a really difficult obstacle for coaches to overcome when they're losing a guy that played 860 snaps in 2018 down to 283 and 19. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a part of the business. We always talk about ability, and its availability is a big part of it, especially for that position in the st- style of offense that the Bears run. Uh, so wish Trey Burton uh, the best. Hopefully he can heal up and, and continue to, to play football, but uh, unfortunately it, it became too much and insurmountable uh, to be with the Bears. This is Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff, Tom, and Jim with you once again leading up to Thursday's NFL Draft. And, you know, with that, a lot of folks and friends or people who just love the Bears, you know, they texted me today, oh, does this mean automatically the Bears are going to dig into round two for a tight end? And I, I say, no, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that whatsoever. It doesn't mean they're not going to get a tight end at some point in this draft. But, I, I you know, after thinking about it, and I asked you guys to, too, uh, today to, to focus on what you would need to see or you hope to see in, in a group of players in round two at 43 and 50, should they stay at those spots that you feel you need to come out of this draft? Uh, for me, the number, after totally thinking about it for the last two days, three days, and, and studying and, and just trying to, to pinpoint, I'm, I'm going at, at one of these two picks, you've got to get a starting caliber cornerback uh, because right now at that position, there's a lot of bodies, but not a lot of experience playing, and a lot of guys you just don't know yet. 
the new guys you brought in, like Artie Burns and Trey Roberson. Yes, they have experience, but do they, you know, if something happens at the cornerback position to Kyle Fuller, you know, now you're looking at needing to – you just need a, a really young, high-end caliber cornerback. That's my opinion. What do you guys feel? Well, you know, to me, I'm looking at what's what are two positions that the Bears have been successful at drafting immediate starters, and that's safety and guard. So to me, there's a couple safeties that I'm interested in that they have size and they have speed attached to it. Do they have the instincts? Are they physical enough to play at this level? And then when you look at some of the, uh, the guys at the offensive, the interior offensive guard position, I do think there's guys out there. There may, you know, Jeff, you just look at Michigan. There may be three guys at yeah. Michigan yeah. at different levels of this draft that you could bring in. And listen, one thing I know about Jim Harbaugh is his work mentality. So if you have a guy there, there's a guard at all, at, there that started all four years at Michigan. So if you get a guy that's been cultivating his talent at one position consistently on a big stage like Big Ten football, and I know Jim hasn't had great success in Michigan, but I know his work ethic. So if this is a guy that's going to come along and earn a position early in his career and keep it till the end of his career, i got to show some interest in that guy because – you can, it's almost a measurement of his desire and his competitiveness when you still have the job at the end of the day. So safety and offensive guards are two positions the Bears showed me that they can draft starters. Yeah, and uh, well, I'm with you, Jeff. I mean, there's a clump of players in all those positions that could be available where the Bears pick. I think wide receivers, you got T. Higgins from Clemson, Michael Pittman, USC, Denzel Mims out of Baylor. He's gaining a lot of steam. Corners that you mentioned, I think Jeff Gladney is a player that a lot of people are liking right now. I know he's uh, recovering from a meniscus tear. That guy played the whole year with a torn meniscus and was awesome. That guy shut down C.D. Lamb, and he shut down other receivers as well. But Jeff Gladney out of TCU is a player at the cornerback position. Jalen Johnson is another corner out of Utah, very fluid athlete who's a player. But you've got offensive linemen uh, that uh, Tom just talked about, Ben Bredesen out of Michigan. There are some other guards that are scheduled to go in the second round. And the safety position is solid. Ashton Davis out of California. Antoine Winfield, safety out of uh, Minnesota. And how about Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois? A lot of people have got to buzz around him with what he can do. There will be good players there for the Bears at their two second-round picks. Yeah, both Chin and Antoine Winfield, four, four, five, forties, and uh, interesting players. One big, one not so big, but boy, feisty, a mighty might. I, I'm sticking with it. I love Antoine Winfield, but I'm also intrigued by Jeremy Chin and some others. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, after we come out of the break, we're going to be joined by NFL Vice President of Community Relations, Alexia Gallagher. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People to get it. Learn more at CDW.com. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, the Bears broadcast crew, with Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio, and now joined by Alexia Gallagher, the Vice President of Community Relations at the NFL. Good evening, Alexia. Thank you for uh, joining us, and thank you for taking the time. What a week this is. Uh, groundbreaking, really, when you think about it with the draft and how it's going to be unfolding we talked to Peter last week about it, but there's a component of this that is extremely important and it's extremely beneficial to everyone involved, and that, that is the draft-a-thon 
portion of it and the fan participation and where all the good work being involved with all the different social and digital platforms will come together starting on Thursday night. Tell us more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, so really when the decision was made uh, to cancel all live events in Las Vegas, including all of our community outreach events, uh, it was clear to us that we had to do something different. We couldn't proceed with business as usual and we really wanted to ensure that the draft had a philanthropic tie to it to help bring people together and find a way to help people and communities, those who are really hurting right now, and just felt like these are unprecedented times and such times call for unity and huddling for good. Um, the NFL has a big platform, and we want to be able to use that platform to good for good and to raise awareness and give back and help those people who need it most right now. And that's really how Draftathon came to be. Alexi, how, you know, when you look at the Bears, 1.92, you know, 1, um, 1,920,000 or 200,000, 100,000 Bears care. How important is it for the teams to spearhead their giving effort to show the fans, show the support, show the first responders how important they are to them? Yeah, it's incredibly important. And the Bears really have been uh, philanthropic leaders, uh, you know, for, really since the beginning. Uh, we're really proud uh, that the NFL family at this point were over $50 million in contributions made by NFL owners and clubs and players uh, and, and the NFL family uh, as a whole. And uh, I think it really speaks volumes uh, to everyone who is part of the league and and again, the, the you know the Bears are really leading the charge, and uh, you know we're really really proud to be partnering with them on this. And you know that with draft draftathon, we're going to be supporting six national charities and their local chapters. Um, and with that, you know each club they were um, asked to take a look at the national partners and see which ones they wanted to support on a local level. And, um, you know, it's great that, that the Bears are doing that uh, with Meals on Wheels and the Salvation Army. And, uh, you know, the, the funds that are raised are really going to go a long way in, in, the, uh, in the Chicago community. Well, Alexia, Jim Miller here. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight. How, I mean, how is it going to look? Uh, much like when I was growing up as a kid, I used to watch Jerry Lewis and the, the telethons that he ran for muscular <laughs> dystrophy. And, you know, will it have that type of feel to it? Will you have guests that you'll be going to and all those type of things? What can we expect as viewers in, in what we're going to watch in order for us to, to help out? Absolutely. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have, um, and again, this will be streaming on, on all of our different NFL uh, social media platforms, but, you know, Rich Eisen and Deion Sanders will be co-hosting. Kevin Hart will be uh, hosting with them as well. There will be different players and legends and celebrities popping out, um, popping in and out over the course of those three days. Um, there's going to be musical performances as well. Jennifer Hudson um, on Thursday night. She'll be part of the pre-show. Luke Bryan, Kelly Clarkson. Um, you know, we're really, really excited. Um, you know, the, the, the fact that we will have all of these players, legends, and celebrities, uh, again, popping in and out and talking about how these organizations are making such an impact um, in communities nationwide and the importance of giving back 
so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, fans will be able to contribute as well. And, you know, whatever, whatever it is, however you want to engage, you know, this is a way to, um, you know, also help recognize first responders and other charities that are doing incredible work across the country, you know, in addition to these six national uh, nonprofit organizations. And, uh, you know, fans can go to NFL.com backslash release and, and make some contributions. Um, honestly, you know, whatever you can donate is, is fine. You know, we know that people are really hurting at this point. Um, economically as well and uh you know just to be able to engage fans and know that we're all in this together uh you know it's just that's that's really important to us this is alexia gallagher of the nfl office the vice president of community relations uh those six nonprofits: you american red cross cdc foundations all of us meals on wheels covid19 response fund salvation army and United Way are, are the are the big six that you're working with, and the Bears directing their mm-hmm. funds also to Salvation Army, Meals on Wheels, and Bears Care, the team's charitable arm. Going to match the first one hundred thousand dollars in donations. You can start donating today at NFL.com/slash/relief or text to donate option during the live stream that will take place. Uh, so, when these teams, did did you guys? Uh, work with each team individually? Did everybody get on a conference call like they did today in a mock draft and say, hey, how are we going to do this? What What are your ideas or how did it all start? Um, you know, so we really had been uh, carefully considering a lot of different national nonprofits. And um, there are so many ser- serving medical, many critical needs during this time. And uh, it was important that we considered organizations that had a national footprint, that have the ability and the capacity to do the work on the ground and support those who need it most in in the communities nationwide. And, um, you know, we narrowed that list down to six of the largest nonprofits who are focusing on providing food, shelter, supplies, medical research. Um, And, you know, with that, we really had been tracking what NFL clubs and owners and players had been doing uh, and the types of organizations that they were supporting as well on the local level. And that's really, uh, you know, vetted a, a lot of different organizations, but that, that had a lot to do with the six that we chose. And, you know, we really wanted to ensure that we're meeting the needs of, you know, the most vulnerable populations out there. Uh, students on free and reduced lunch, impoverished communities, the homeless, at-risk elderly population, first responders. And the clubs had a lot to do with that. Um, so we've really been very careful about all of the decisions that that we've made to do this, um, and and again, the, the clubs played a big a big part in that. Alexia, we've seen a lot of celebrities around the world show their concern for the people around the world. So when you try to attach a celebrity to this draft of fun in an event as big as the NFL draft, were they excited? Were they chopping at the bit to? Uh, for an appreciation to show uh, to the to the NFL fans, the people all around the world, and the first responders, their appreciation was this an easy get for some of your celebrities? Is what I'm asking. Yes, absolutely, and and I think that that speaks to the crisis that's at hand. This is something that is touching absolutely everyone, um, and you know the fact that we have NFL players and legends and celebrities who really are chomping at the bit to help here um, 
and, you know, speak on behalf of the nonprofit organizations that they do work with um, or just really help, uh, you know, sort of elevate the awareness of, of what's going on here and how others can help, how they've been helping. Uh, it, it, it really has been an easy ask. Uh, for me, Alexi, the last one is just, uh, you know, how challenging has this been? I mean, we always know the NFL is very creative uh, in how they uh, go about things. They adapt, they adjust, and much like we talked to Peter uh, last week, how has this been challenging for you? Granted, you're you're doing always still doing the community relations, the great stuff you've always done, but it, it's been in a challenging way. And all the logistics that it takes to pull an event like this off, how, how has this challenged you and your staff to complete this project? Um, it's, it's a pretty incredible challenge. We have been working day and night on this, um, not getting much sleep, uh, you know, and, and obviously trying to balance that with, uh, working from home and raising kids and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, the cause is just something that, uh, you know, to say, I, I don't think that, that there are words to really describe the importance of all of this and how committed and passionate uh, we in the office are and the clubs as well um, to making sure that this, that this works. So yes, a lot of logistics and building platforms and uh, you know, making sure that the technology works and uh, working with all of these incredible nonprofit organizations um, it's, it's definitely challenging, but again, we're up to the task, and uh, it's something that we're passionate about, something that we're excited about, uh, and, and we really can't wait for, for Thursday to see this all uh, go live and, uh, you know, really see how the country is, is going to come together and, um, you know, again, help those that need it most, because we really are all in this together. Alexia, we do appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, one last thing. So the Draftathon portion of this will be live-streamed on your social and digital platforms, featured on the live draft coverage on ABC, ESPN, NFL Network, and ESPN Deportes. How, how easy will it be for people to donate? Very easy. Just go to NFL.com backslash release, and you can make your contributions there. We'll have a, a text to give. Uh, number as we get a little bit closer to the draft as well but uh, easy to do easy to engage and uh, we really just thank everyone's support all right well we thank you and uh, keep up the great work alexia and how often do you get this because my alexa it, it keeps going off when i say your name so you <laughs> i know, get it I'm all sure. the time <laughs> i mean do you, we got to come up with something different for you in your home with uh, all this smart stuff Anyway, we really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Bears are also uh, doing you. a great job committing $1.92 million to COVID-19 relief, as Tom pointed out, and joining forces with the mayor. The we're not playing uh, PSA with players and alumni and coaches and encouraging fans to follow your health guidelines and keeping us all safe out there. Uh, you've been hearing players on WBBM and here on The Score from the Bears, head coach Matt Nagy, and, of course, the appreciation Twitter thread. Uh, featuring community partners, sponsors, and other community members doing great work during this time. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Andrew Siciliano from NFL Network. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.
Hey, Bears fans, it's important to stay connected now more than ever. And at Motorola, we love making that possible. With the new Razor, you can enjoy staying connected a little bit more. It's a phone. It's an accessory. It's an icon. Reinvented. Hello, Moto. And hello to Andrew Siciliano from NFL Network as we welcome you back on Bears All Access with producer Adam Stadzinski tonight on our score studios. Jeff and Tom and Jim Miller. Andrew, how you doing, my friend? Getting ready? Uh, I, I, yeah, no, I don't think I'm ready whatsoever, but, um, I, it's a lot, it's a lot to go through. It's a lot to go through, isn't it? I mean, I I think this year, everyone, um, I don't know. I can only speak for myself. I think the draft kind of almost caught, kind of snuck up on us. Like the, the quarantine hit and we all kind of paused for a couple of weeks to try to get hold of our lives and adjust to this new world. And then you walk up and oh yeah, the draft's about to happen. So that's where I am. (laughs) You know, you sit in a building at the NFL Network, and you have probably more information given to you than a lot of other people in the business, scouts included. How do you filter rumor through facts? You know, it, Tom, it's a great question, and this year is a little bit different. I mean, our building, so a little backstory here, our building for NFL Network has been closed since March 19th, or no, March 20th. So Tom Brady uh, agreed to terms with the Buccaneers on Wednesday morning. That was the first day of the new league year. And by Friday, we were out of our building, and we have not been back since. So everything on the air, we've kind of been like everyone in any other of the 32 NFL buildings, kind of trying to piece our lives back together. And I actually think that this year, um, I think that this year there are more smoke screens than maybe in years past, because I, I think everyone's spending so much time on their phones and FaceTiming and Zooming and whatever this new world is we're living in, that I, I think there is so much gossip that I don't know what to believe. And I also think that because no one's hanging out at pro days, that there's there are going to be just divergent opinions on so many players. And I think you're going to see guys sneak into the first round that not a lot of people saw coming. And I also think that you're going to see, I don't know, maybe safer picks. Like a guy like, take Kenneth Murray, for example. Right? He's probably a lower third of the first round guy, but maybe he goes higher just because you know what he is. He's a high character player. He's a productive player. He has no blemishes. And maybe I take him higher than I would have taken him in drafts past because I know he's safe. Andrew, Jim Miller here. Always good to talk to you. I love watching you on the red zone when I get to tune in, my friend. Nobody more versatile than you because you can just roll with the punches. So that's why I think this draft is going to be perfect for you, my friend, because it's going to be produced differently than it ever has. And just maybe talk about your adjustments and how you prepare and kind of just got to go with it sometimes is is what it's going to be. Well, Jim, you're way too kind, number one. Number two, I think it's it's different for everyone. I mean, they sense – they sent 58 care packages to, to would-be draftees with two iPhones, a light power. Like, I mean, all this stuff for everyone to, to set up. That does, doesn't even count the fact that every coach and every GM has a similar package and now a camera set up for them in their homes. I mean, we just did a two-hour show. I'll pull the curtain back. A two-hour show on NFL Network. I was in my house. Mooch was in his house. Steve Smith was in his house in Charlotte. Um, Charles Davis was in his house in Orlando. Um, and multiple times during that two-hour live broadcast, which was, by the way, the first two-hour live show, like truly live, 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 that our network has put on in a month. Um, Comms broke down, but we just 
kept on rolling. And I think that's kind of what everyone um, is looking at for Thursday. There may be bumps in the road, but, you know, when in doubt, pick up the phone and call Ken Fiore and send in your pick to New York. And, and you know, if, if a bunch of kids in the basement can do a fantasy draft in instant <laughs> message windows, then the league can figure this out. All right, Andrew Siciliano from NFL Network and the Red Zone as well, as Jim pointed out. Uh, good to be with you. And the thing about this, it is unique in that, yes, there are makeshift offices going on right now in basements, bedrooms, kitchens, for crying out loud, home offices. Uh, so some of that mock and stuff was taken care of today, they hope. Maybe a little bumpy, but you're you're also – you can't predict what's going to happen because you got 32 teams in 32 different cities with a multitude of different homes, suburban or city, and weather could play a factor. Who knows? What if the lights go out? I mean, there's so much that we're not even considering that this is why this is such an intriguing endeavor. And while teams have – experience this in the xfl they did it wmba just did it this is this is the national football league what'd you hear about today both you and jim you know you guys doing your shows what'd you hear today about the dress rehearsal i I, i've heard that it did not go as uh you know as poorly as had initially been reported from what i understand the the league tried to go through a whole bunch of trade scenarios early so, you know, this, this idea that it was chaos, it was kind of organized chaos from what I understand because they wanted to see how trades would work. Um, I, I honestly think it'll be okay because, you know, you guys know this. You pull back the curtain a little bit. It's not as if um, Roger is handed a card and nobody knows and during a normal draft he walks up there and reads it aloud for the very first time. I mean, that, that's just the final stage where the pick has already been called in, usually via, like, hardcore telephone, old-school telephone to New York, and then transmitted back behind stage. I think they're going to be okay, but, like, Chris Ballard went out and bought a generator for his house. Uh, he has a, a stinking – I think Eric DaCosta did the same thing. Um, this morning on the Titans uh, Zoom for, for the media where they had Vrabel and John Robinson on – about three minutes in, Mike Rabel's uh, Zoom went down, and he just tapped out for five, six minutes, and John Robinson took the whole thing. So that, that kind of stuff hmm. is going to happen. But most teams are using Microsoft Teams, and, and they're working internally just fine. I, I think they'll be fine because there's going to be a fail-safe. Like, most teams will have three people who have the go-ahead to make the pick. It'll be GM. Uh, maybe team president and, and coach. And the idea that all three of them would be down and unable to communicate with New York, I think, is is a long shot. Hey, Andrew, when you go through that mock run-through, I was asking Jim and Jeff a little earlier, in first round with these teams that have multiple picks, who's the biggest unknown right now? So when you had these fabricated trades going on, were you approaching a team that – you really feel could make a trade in the first round or at some time? So I wasn't on it, Tom. We were on the air, but I think, you know, I've heard from a few GMs that the the one thing with trades this year, you guys know this, usually the groundwork is is laid down before you get on the clock Thursday, especially 
those trades in the first half of the first round. I mean, rarely is it we're on the clock, pick up the phone, let's move. The, those those seeds had been planted. I think this year more than ever, uh, those trades early will be trades that are well down the road towards getting done. Um, if they're actually going to be done when a team is on the clock. Um, and John Robinson, back to him today, he would say, listen, I, I, most of these trades, I'm texting with the other GMs anyway to get the ball rolling. Um, and, and then once we figure it out, other people can get on the phone and, and do all that legwork. I, I think that's going to be the same this year as opposed like like who do I think is actually going to move? I, I wouldn't be stunned if the Niners not only moved out of 31, but moved out of 13 as well. Depends on if that run happens with wide receivers. Wish we could add more time with you. I know Jim had another question for you, but we're out of time, my friend. And we could even walk down memory lane from the last dance. Were you looking because for yourself I'm last night? I'm long-winded. I'm long-winded. Yes, you are. And yes, but, it was uh, amazing last night, and I'm sorry. It was. It was amazing. We'll have you on again, Andrew. Thanks for joining us. Final segment with Tom and Jim coming up after this on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Athletico Physical Therapy, the official physical therapy partner of the Chicago Bears, remains open to safely provide physical and occupational therapy treatment options in clinic and online during COVID-19. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Final moments with Tom and Jim Miller. Uh, Jim, we couldn't get you in to ask Andrew a little bit more, but uh, as we as we move forward here with uh, the draft, um, what do you need to see the Bears get out of it, even in the later rounds, that will make you feel good about filling whatever holes there are left in the roster? Yeah, I, I, I do think this is more of a veteran year. I, I feel very comfortable that the Bears have less picks. I think that's a good thing in this year's draft because I think it's going to be a veteran year. A lot of coaches and GMs have already said that. So, you know, obviously you want, uh, if they stick with their second round picks, you do want players that are impactful that, you know, if they are called upon that can come in and contribute. I think those are still first round talented players uh, from that standpoint. So whether it's the positions we talked about, whether it's a uh, cornerback or secondary or safety or whatever area uh, they, they target, you know, I do think those can be contributors, minimum on special teams. I mean, we, Pat and I went through every division. You had some teams that had over players that were drafted last year for the season, over 1,000 plays they contributed on special teams alone, 1,000 plays. So I do think you can still get a minimum of a couple of starters uh, potentially with those second-round picks. And then I think the later picks are going to be developmental players. You know that I don't think are going to be asked to be uh, contributors uh, this year, but you feel that they can be players down the road, um, guys that can come in and, and you know and be a, a backup, uh, so to speak, and you know contribute on special teams. But they'll be developmental players that you're not expecting to have a huge impact uh, this year. What I saw out of David Montgomery so far, I'd like to see a big power back to back him up. Get that third and one, that fourth and one type of carry. Because David Montgomery, he's as talented as back as you can have. He's he can he can block, he can catch, he can run. Give him a little bit of assistance. All right, we're gonna have fun week, guys. Have fun, week, have fun guys. with the draft, Jim, and your coverage on uh, Sirius XM. We got a big show planned on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday right here on 670 The Score. We got Tom, we got Hub Arkish, we got Dan Pompey, Pat Manley, David Hall, Olin Krutz, Mark Grody, Chris Emma, Cast of Thousands, all gonna bring you all the news. 
uh, this week. Alexia Gallagher, NFL VP of Community Relations, joined us tonight. Andrew Siciliano from NFL Network. Thank you, Adam Stadzinski. That'll do it for us. Enjoy your draft week, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your evening. This is Chicago Radio 670 The Score. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.